0: We've all heard the numbers. 27 million, 40 million, more slaves than ever before in history. Modern slavery is a popular rallying cry. The estimates of people held in slavery today are shocking, to say the least. But how much do we actually know about the prevalence and nature of slavery today? Hey everyone, it's Alexi here with today's episode of Handful. Uh, Handful is a production of Novel Hand and the Activism Meet and Impact podcast. Recently, I read the book, The Truth About Modern Slavery, written by Emily Kenway. The book was published in January 2021, very recently, and it even mentions COVID-19 and George Floyd, which to read a book that mentions those things already is crazy, Um But the book was super interesting. I was actually nervous to read it because I knew that it would challenge what I believe about human trafficking and slavery and just exploitation more generally. I've been really interested in these topics for a long time. If you've read anything from me on Novel Hand, you know that I'm interested in these topics. That was part of the reason I actually started Novel Hand was to learn more about those themes um, in the world. But this book really challenged what I believe about them. Basically, the thesis of the book is that the way that politicians and corporations and even activists and nonprofits talk about modern slavery is actually antithetical to progress and to justice and freedom. A lot of people, you know, when they talk about modern slavery, they're using these huge estimates of 27 million or 40 million modern day slaves. But they're not acknowledging, you know, the suffering and inequity of other people who are exploited by the global economy, but aren't necessarily slaves. By framing modern slavery as this rare evil or a bug in the system, rather than a feature of an overall exploitative and harmful economy, they create this popular moral cause of being anti-slavery, of being modern-day abolitionists, without acknowledging all the other forms of exploitation and inequality in the world. Basically, Kenway argues that this term, modern slavery, lacks the nuance necessary to discuss Slavery, debt bondage, sex trafficking, organ trafficking, um, all the things that can fall under that term, all those forms of exploitation. Um, And she argues that politicians and corporations benefit from that simplification um, and the people harmed by exploitation are hurt by it. Um, She actually goes after Kevin Bales, who's basically the world's leading anti-slavery scholar, um, self-proclaimed sort of leader of this movement, um, president of an NGO. Um, has written multiple books about um, modern-day slavery. I have read um, three of them, um, so I'm well-read on Kevin Bales, and she talks about him as sort of an example of someone who treats modern slavery as this unique evil, this bug of the system, rather than an endemic form of exploitation um, in our global economy. So I wouldn't call it a radical view as much as it's just um, very different from um, what you might hear from From politicians who are you know campaigning against human trafficking and modern slavery, it's very different from what you might hear from NGOs and nonprofits, things like that. Um, I think it's much easier to be against modern day slavery than it is to be against all forms of exploitation. you know it's easier to corner off that modern day slavery um, sort of bucket rather than to consider the whole continuum of exploitation of inequity of um, you know, forms of inequality in the economy. Can we uses the example of human trafficking and migration, how politicians will conflate human trafficking victims with people who are sm- migrants who are smuggled across the border. Of course, there's differences in how voluntary those actions are. Um, lots of differences in those situations. Um, but by putting those you know, people in those different situations all in one basket of people, victims of human trafficking. Um, Politicians benefit. They can create this anti-migrant rhetoric. They benefit from um, exclusionary um, immigration policy. Um, I actually heard Senator Mike Lee do this at a human trafficking summit. He conflated, um, like, female sex trafficking victims with, um, you know, migrants fleeing violence in Central America, totally different situation. Um, But by not differentiating between the two, you can both be, you know, pro-victim and pro-survivor of human trafficking, and you can be anti-migrant at the same time. And that Um, Often ends up being very racist and exclusionary. Um, There's a lot of discuss of labor rights, both in sex work and in supply chains. Um, You might know that I find the supply chain stuff just super fascinating um, as far as textiles, food, technology go. you know, Kenway arguing argues that focusing on slavery in supply chains, rather just overall um, poor labor conditions and abuses of labor rights, can be super harmful to real progress and change in global supply chains. Um, she goes through some of the things that have been tried to improve uh, labor conditions in supply chains, such as. Corporate social responsibility, certifications, conscious consumerism, different transparency, excuse me, initiatives and schemes. Um, But they have varied outcomes, and Kenway ultimately advocates advocates for unions, organizing, better protections of worker rights, and human rights due diligence. So really the book... um, you know, just scratches the surface of exploitation in the global economy and inequity, and really is talking about the shift in language that has to happen to actually end um, modern modern day slavery, which does exist. Um, but she advocates for a more comprehensive approach to the topic that also takes into account other forms of exploitation, um, and you know that requires more systemic shifts, which are easy, which are more difficult to create than just. Um, you know, one-off projects to stop, to stop trafficking and slavery. It, it will really take more of a systemic shift to end exploitation in the global economy in its various forms. Um, but I think that that discussion of the language shift that needs to happen and how we talk about these issues is actually really important. It can seem like oh, we're only talking about, like, what we're actually calling the issue. We're not even getting to solutions yet. It can be frustrating to realize that um, we might be so behind, you know, in how we're how we're um, facing these issues, but I think it's a really important read. I learned a lot from it. I think it um, kind of guided me along in some thinking I had already been doing about, you know, things like the textile industry where um, women are, you know, discriminated against and make don't make a living wage and things like that. It's not legally or technically slavery, but it's very exploitative and unfair and not equitable. Um, So how do we square those things if I'm, you know, I don't think you can be anti-slavery without being anti-exploitation more generally. I would love to hear any questions or comments that you have about the book. Um, I'm linking another podcast episode in the article. That's um, an interview with the author so you can learn more about her and her journey in the book. I hope you let me know if you read the article or read the book. It's super interesting. You can find more information in the show notes of this podcast podcast. Um, I just really enjoy learning about these topics and would love to engage with you in conversation about that. But with that, that is the end of today's handful, a little bit longer one than usual. We'll be back next week, and like I said, um, we'll be back next week, and like I said last week, we have a very exciting new initiative coming on June 1st, so keep on the lookout for that. Thanks and bye.